Welcome to the Digital Profits Podcast, where you'll learn how to grow your business faster using paid traffic and SEO. Each episode will feature a breakdown of digital marketing trends and answers to your burning questions that will provide actionable takeaways to make your marketing better. So join us, Ben Page, Ray Sawbell, and Blake John, as we guide you on your journey to higher profits. Remember to join the Profit Squad at joinprofitsquad.com and get ready to profit in three, two, one. Hey guys, we're in the studio today. The whole crew is here. We've got Blake. Hello. Ray. Hello, Ben. And myself. And today we got a fun topic that we decided to slot in a little bit last minute, but something that we've all seen for years. And we're going to talk about the top digital marketers from a people and talent perspective. What are the traits that top digital marketers possess? And we think this will be helpful for you, whether you're a brand or your agency side, if you're looking to grow or develop your team, you should get some value from this episode. So guys, I'm going to kick things off with a question like we often do. And I'm going to ask your opinion here. What is the number one most important trait for a digital marketer to possess? Blake John. It's a great question. I kind of have two ways to go about this. First and foremost, I think a great marketer is really dedicated to their job, their craft, and they want to learn. And specifically, they are dedicated to uncovering and pushing further and never taking that first answer or piece of data and always going a little bit further and digging and always trying to find more. And that willingness to learn, the willingness to grow is ultimately one trait that makes a marketer a great marketer because obviously in our industry and niche kind of things are evolving so fast and changing all the time. So a willingness to stay up to date, dedicated to your craft and always pushing forward and trying to learn more. It's one of the top traits in my opinion. That's interesting. It sounds almost like multifaceted. I almost want to say that was like three traits, but we'll go, (laughs) we'll go with it. Ray, what's yours? Blake, first of all, great answer. My favorite one is honesty or integrity, just because we deal with so many numbers and people and situations that you have to put yourself in as part of somebody's team where you may not always have the best news to deliver to someone and being able to be honest and transparent with the information that you're sharing either internally or externally is just so important. So being able to have somebody who has integrity is just very important. You want to avoid black hat tactics and SEO Ponzi schemes. For sure. I've fallen for a couple of those. I know. Yeah. Well, that means that's a future episode. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. For me, it is so multifaceted. I almost want to say, what's that killer instinct? I think it is like almost curiosity. I think it's something like what you were describing, Blake. It's like that hunger for growth and development and learning. Maybe it's learning, right? It's like that dedication and understanding that it's like that driver mastery. I think that's how I would best describe it. Mm. Never being satisfied and always being open-minded to new ways of approaching your craft, new perspectives. Now I'm rambling and that could also be like three different traits. (laughs) So maybe I'll go with curiosity. Ray, you've got the integrity and Blake, you've got willingness to learn, willingness to learn. Sure. Super interesting. So some common threads in there. Yeah. Wow. Well, let's break it down. Let's talk about some of the different ways you could evaluate or traits you might want to maximize for if you are growing, managing, leading, 
team of marketers, digital marketers. Well, and big picture, maybe that's something to note or something I think about a lot is I think about the idea of being a marketer first and foremost before you get into digital marketing, before you get into SEO, before you get into PPC. The idea of do you understand connecting people and products at a fundamental level? Can you bring a product to market? Having that sensibility is like what underlies this whole domain, this whole discipline. But where should we begin? Should we talk about values and the importance of values fit in marketers? What do you guys think? Let's do it. Yeah, I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. So maybe we can approach this from the lens of you're a marketing leader in-house and you are now recruiting for a new digital marketing role, whether that is a specialist or a generalist coordinator, digital manager or something like that. So first and foremost, is this person, do they demonstrate an alignment with your organization's values, whatever they may be? Like, where does this fit? No, Ray, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I would say depending on whether you're a brand or if you're looking to get into the space, finding somebody who shares values similar to yourself or your brand are extremely important. So getting those aligned is something crucial to do in that conversation. So I, I would definitely start there. Blake, what do you think? Yeah, I think you have to take a step back and just understand first and foremost, I, I ask yourself, what really is important to me? And like, what kind of relationships do work with me and work with my brand or my company? And what do we need to continue to build on um, to con- like grow our brand, to grow our marketing department, to push the needle further? Um, and ultimately, like choosing, if you haven't already, if you haven't identified your core values and what those are, going through that process can be really powerful. And then you can begin to hire or look for freelancers based on that and start to kind of build like a community of sorts, really around a few, like four or five core values that are the heartbeat of your entire operation. Should we specifically name drop EOS here and talk about that? Because (laughs) the idea of having established core values at the organization level, we're kind of talking about this conceptually, but it's like, how do we make this real for people, especially if it's a hiring manager or someone Mm -hmm. that's trying to recruit and evaluate different candidates for a digital marketing role? I mean, this is true for any role, right? And like, what does that value alignment look like? I think in order to do this well, you need to have your core values defined. And then in EOS, the idea is that you're hiring, firing, rewarding, promoting, demoting, like your people function in the organization is based on core values. It's also based on roles and rocks in the EOS system. But the idea that if you have those defined, then you can actually evaluate by making them explicit. So we're not talking about values like motivational posters on the wall, but we're talking about having stories and in a sense, operationalizing your core values to say, I don't know, maybe you have one that's like excellent customer service as a value or something, right? And then, okay, well, what does that look like for your organization? What are examples? What are stories of someone living that out at any level in Mm -hmm. your organization, right? Then you can actually develop questions to evaluate a given candidate against that and give them real tangible feedback of you're always demonstrating customer service excellence sometimes or not. And therefore you can start to make more objective assessments. I think what's a bad thing is from a value side, if you're misaligned with a candidate or a team member, usually those are the hardest issues out of the gate to solve because you can make adjustments if someone has the right skill set 
Well, let me reframe. If they have the right values, but the wrong skill set, maybe they're just in the wrong place in your organization, but culturally they're a great fit. But if it's the inverse where they have the skills, but there's a values clash or a culture clash is what we would sometimes call that, then usually it's not going to work out in the long term. Or if they remain, there's going to be friction and so on. But yeah, I mean, are there any examples of values, whether they're our own values, which obviously are personalized to our organization, our agency, or just like generally, right? If we think about what are some of the values that we think top digital marketers would share, like Ray, you opened with the integrity angle. Are there other core values that you think are important for digital marketers? Yes. I think one of the bigger ones, and then we kind of are a little maybe over detailed with this one. We call one of ours customer obsession. But in my mind, if you're a brand and if you're working with someone, you want to have someone who feels like they're part of your team. So the way we classify it is we're obsessing over our customer or our client and we're figuring out their pain points, how they can grow. But if you're a brand, you're going to want to find somebody who really feels like they're a part of your team and it's not like a vendor type of relationship. So it's more conversational versus transactional. And that's a big differentiator that I tend to see in the space is, do you have somebody who's really feels like they're part of your team, especially if you're going out and seeking an agency type relationship? Mm. So maybe going deeper, double clicking on that, because I do think it's super important. Well, and obviously we've agreed on it for ourselves. (laughs) It's the idea of like, you're not just there, like doing a set of tasks as a marketer, but you're understanding the bigger context of where this organization, this brand, this company fits, this product fits in the market, who the competitors are, who the customers are, how the customers talk, what their needs are, how we meet their needs, how we could better meet their... Going into those deeper like angles, I think, is what customer obsession is all about, especially if you're like in-house. Blake, any other examples come to mind for you? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm actually going to lean back toward Ray, what you opened with, which is kind of the integrity, maybe like trustworthiness angle here a little bit, but I just think it's so valuable to have a partner who is willing to give you the bad news and not try to spin everything to be good news because we're not always going to have not every single month, every single week, it's going to be, you're going to increase 10% every, like it's never going to happen that way. And sometimes there's going to be things in the data when you're digging in, whatever it might be that could be an issue and it needs to be surfaced and it needs to be discussed and you need to tackle it. And sometimes like if you don't have that sort of integrity value personally, like your marketer is missing that really important information could be missed or glossed over or just completely ignored because they're not willing to have that tough conversation to really move things forward. Because again, if it's not, it's going to kind of just be a black hole and it's going to be an issue that's uh, goes unserviced, unmonitored for how long, and then it'll show itself and it'll be uglier than before. Right. So it needs to be brought up. And I think at the end of the day, that's kind of an integrity piece that is just absolutely crucial for, I think most roles everywhere in the world all the time, but also in digital marketing too. Right. Like it's just very important. And that's like a red flag to look out to. If you're getting on a call with someone who's in house on your team or a partner or an agency, And if you're just having surface level conversation and if it's a reporting type of call and you're reading things like clicks are up 10% and conversions are here, blah, blah, blah. And you're not having those deeper conversations where it's like this new competitor entered the market. They're attacking your product from this angle. Here's what we think we should do about it. Or, hey, this campaign that we ran, it's fell on its face. Here's the reasons why we want to try XYZ moving forward. If it's not conversational, it's like almost why are you working with that person to some extent? Because it's 
I don't want to say it's a waste of time if you're just like reading the numbers and you're doing blah, 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 but it feels like that. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. you can get more value out of just having those deeper conversations. Yeah. If you believe in the data-led approach, right, you want to avoid spin, right? I think that's kind of what you're both saying in a sense. Like you want a low spin factor in the way that we define integrity in our agency is open, honest, accountable. And you could also maybe add that transparency factor. Just like, hey, we're going to have good weeks. We're going to have bad weeks. We're going to be real about what the numbers are telling us Mm -hmm. and not fabricate a story that's favorable based on the numbers. But we're just going to present the numbers as they are. And we're going to have recommendations and so on. Well, and this goes into what we call leadership, right? Being proactive and taking ownership and following through. That's much better to do as an approach. But I don't know. We've hammered on values. There's so much more to talk about. What about this notion that's been debated, I think, for years? Is it better to be a marketing generalist or a specialist? I feel (laughs) like I've seen this swing back and forth over the years. What are your guys' thoughts? I I tend to lean towards specialty. I mean, ultimately, you want to have somebody who on your team who is truly an expert in their given craft. And I, and this kind of goes back to like being dedicated to your craft, because at the end of the day, th- that's the person that you can really rely on to be proactive, like we've been kind of been mentioning, and to uncover new revenue streams or new ideas or new content that's going to really increase your visibility or whatever it might be. Whereas somebody who has just that surface level knowledge it can only take you so far usually and or they'll make mistakes and you'll be going backwards instead of forwards because they don't have that experience or knowledge to like really read through the lines and uncover the most important piece of data or whatever it might be. I definitely lean towards like the specialty side, but I mean, like for me myself, I feel like I land on that specialty side, right? So maybe it's a little bit, you're asking, <laughs> you're biased. asking a specialist if they prefer specialist <laughs> yeah. or a generalist. <laughs> I agree with what Blake's saying. We were joking about this before, but in my mind, it is both in some capacity because you have to, yes, you need to be an expert. Blake is an expert in SEO. I'm an expert in PPC, but we know enough to be dangerous as folks like to say, but like we know enough in each other's discipline where if we see something, we can call it out and then determine next step. So it's almost like you're not just, you don't have like a blind eye towards your specialty only, or you're hammered in on your area of focus. It's If you see something in the data or in the strategy that you may have seen somewhere else before in outside of your discipline, you're able to then call that out. So Mm. definitely being a specialist is the way to go, but being open to learning, which is kind of goes back to the values that we were talking about earlier, being curious, willing to learn, understanding other disciplines is very important because then you're able to call out different patterns that you see. And you might not be able to solve that problem, but I, hey, if I find an SEO problem, I'm going to Blake, but I'm not just saying, Blake, go fix this issue for me. Blake, I think we have a gap in XYZ content. Can you check this out based on this keyword? So like, it's just different conversations that you're having that's getting you one step closer to a potential resolution. Yeah, that's interesting. I'll kind of comment on what you guys have said before I share my own thoughts. I think the value of specialization rises in disciplines as they mature if that makes sense. So like the longer SEO happens or paid or, you know, oh, now TikTok advertising, like as any channel matures, the difficulty score goes up, the competition levels heat up. And so if you're a generalist, you don't have enough specialized knowledge to break through the plateau of 
achieving results in that area. That's kind of how I think of it. And like the height of that line goes up as insurers, like I said, I guess. So certainly, but I think for me, the counter argument is like, you need enough of that marketing mindset, like that general marketing mindset. And you also need enough generalist knowledge across disciplines, things like principles, mental models, or the fundamentals of the 80-20 of SEO, email, social, paid, analytics, what you know, whatever, right? To, like you said, Ray, to sort of recognize patterns, problems, opportunities when they arise. Or if you are maybe the person that we're speaking to more on this podcast, if you're a marketing head or something like that, head of growth, like you need to know enough to know where to place your bets in Mm -hmm. a sense. And on a different episode, we'll talk about metrics and stuff to evaluate success in your marketing. But if resources are finite, dollars, time, energy, whatever, it's like, well, should I do email or should I do TikTok posts? I, I don't know. I mean, should I do Google ads or should I do more SEO content development? You need to know enough broadly to make a well-informed decision there or enlist the help of others that can help you do that. So that's it. That's what's up. And then I'll service this idea of the T-shaped marketer. That is not my idea. It's a borrowed idea. I think possibly Rand Fishkin. I'm probably Hmm. misattributing this, maybe not Rand, but like years ago, some smart folks in the industry came out with this idea, this very concept, right? Like you need to have a base foundation across disciplines, but then it's good to have one, maybe two really deep pillars so that you can be not only a good operator, like if your job, if your role is like to just crank out X work, SEO all day, great. But also whether you're at a like in-house somewhere, like you need to be a good collaborator. You need to be able to communicate to your other team, the other specialists, your boss, your boss's boss. You need to communicate to customers. You need to communicate to vendors that are servicing a specialty that is adjacent to the one that you're deep in. And that's why I think T-shaped is valuable there as it is like Ray, I think some of your perspective is informed by the agency experience and then right, like cross department collaboration or Mm -hmm. spotting of opportunities that might've otherwise gone unnoticed if you were blinders on only in your discipline. So like super valuable there. I think too, this, it'll depend a little bit on your marketing budget. Like if you're a Mm small, if you have limited resources, you might need somebody who is a generalist because they can help you manage your email campaigns and do your paid search campaigns. Like they can do both. And, or maybe they can also do a little bit of web dev. Like that could be really valuable to you because now it's only one person on the payroll or it's one team or whatever it might be. Whereas like budget isn't really a concern. I mean, and this is why I think specialists are probably the real, the way to go because ultimately at the highest level, like you're saying where it gets more competitive, it's just more cutthroat. That's when you want the specialists, right? Because they're the ones who are going to be able to really Mm -hmm. drive business at the end of the day. But depending on your maturation, just as like a company or an agency or whatever it is, I think that'll help inform like what kind of talent you want to go after and what you can sort of budget for. Yeah, that's an excellent point, man. I always think about, right, it's like that maturity idea. So maybe you're a smaller org and you need like a hacker that can wear all hats and just be your like broad base Mm -hmm. marketing generalist. But then if you look at the top end of the market where like what companies in the world are doing the most digital marketing. And then that's when, if you look at their org charts and stuff like, oh, they have like eight people on a global technical SEO team doing Mm -hmm. X, Y, Z, like 
super special, even within disciplines, like now within SEO, oh, we have SEO copywriters, people doing just on page, people just doing like product listing optimization, people just doing tech, you know, and even deeper. Oh, now these people focus on international technical SEO, or these people only deal with like this category of pages on our site, or it'd be like, we have eight vendors and the, this agency does our TikTok ads and our this, and they do our Pinterest and they do our paid search. And that yeah. idea that as resources grow and you know, you're doing more volume and you're competing at a higher level in more channels, like the level of specialization and intensity just Mm -hmm. tends to increase. So yeah, it's interesting. What about this? Like (laughs) what if you kind of like flip this and now instead of talking to the marketing leader, trying to grow the team, we're talking to the person who's just getting into the field and they're like, what should I do? They're like, Blake, should I do SEO or should I do paid or email or what? You know, paid. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well problem skipping no they're i love all of my children uh, yeah what kind of advice i mean for me right i usually i'm thinking like you need to taste all these different disciplines before you can even make an informed decision on which one yeah. to go deep in if you're buying in on this t-shaped marketer yep i don't know blake almost hit it on the head earlier when he was going after based on the maturation of that company for me personally i yeah. did start off as that generalist where i was doing a little bit of everything i was doing social media marketing i was doing some web dev stuff and guess what there was some paid in there too and that's when mm-hmm. i really got lost in the sauce type of thing and when i kind of learned that discipline i would say i was maybe doing like some on-page seo but i don't even want to talk about it because it definitely <laughs> wasn't it was pointless i would say the stuff i was doing there but If you are just entering the space, being in a generalist role allows you to taste like a little bit of everything. And if the role permits, it allows you to then go deeper on one area that either calls out to you, you have an affinity towards. There's so many different ways you can approach that. Yeah. To add to it, I want to go back to the T-shape and almost say like, it's kind of like an upside the way I'm envisioning it. Because mm, you have climbing like a base of just general knowledge and then yeah. kind of your specialty goes toward the top. So, so what I'm thinking like, okay, well, maybe it's a U shape or something. Right. Like, like let's add another, like, like, like it's in the middle. It's anyway. like the U shaped marketer. Yeah. yeah. We can claim that one now. Right. But I think that if you're just starting off, it's difficult to say, oh, pick a specialty and run with it. Like this is who you are. This is the rest of your career. (laughs) Good luck. I do think there's value in learning multiple skills, but I think ultimately like identify what you enjoy, like what kind of makes you want to get out of bed in the morning, essentially, and then figure that out. Once you have that and once you like, I think it, it makes sense to lean into it, but also try to stack another skill, another discipline in addition to that. Yeah. Like on the SEO side, which is my specialty, I would say learn HTML. So you can do a little bit in CSS, you can do a little bit of front end web design, like just a little bit. You don't have to be an expert, but you can kind of stack that or CRO or something along those lines where, okay, now they're so closely related. And I think if you want to become a true like specialist in SEO, you kind of have to learn HTML and CSS at least a little bit. But you can kind of take that and say, okay, you can stack these skills. You can become the U-shaped marketer. And now your skill set is just extremely valuable. And you can go in multiple directions now. You can go to the left or the right, and you have options. And I would say start generalist. Figure out what really makes your heart tick, what gets you out of the bed in the morning. And then try to stack it. Try to find something that's closely related and sort of build that U. You started with a T. Now maybe you've got a U. That's what I would say. Wow. I mean, on the same idea, thinking about 
we could frame this as like soft skills versus hard skills or hard skills are like what we've pretty much talked about so far. I mean, we talk about values, but okay, you're going to learn SEO. And then Blake's like, yeah, like learn, but also like learn code. Yeah, Yeah, sweet. Okay. Now you're like a coding SEO, but like soft skills are going to help you no matter what, even if you like are the flat line marketer and you quit marketing in five years or something like I'm thinking about that. What are the soft or the meta skills that are like a value added? So like, what are some of those soft skills, guys, that you would look for a marketer to have? Mm. I feel like these are the things on every single job description that like <laughs> of all that's ever been written. There's like that five or six set bullet point or that list of five or six bullet points. Excel wizard. Yeah. <laughs> right. Microsoft uh, Office. I think, yeah, but MS the, Office 03. No. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Right. Like communication skills are just extremely important. I don't, I, like everyone would agree with that, but we could dig into that. Just being able to convey your ideas to stakeholders, as an example, would be, it's like an extremely valuable skill set for a digital marketer to, to really own. Being able to send a well-written email that gets your point across. And mm-hmm. I think about like f- from an e- email perspective, which it's really an art, it, like truly it, it can be an art, but like help making sure especially someone like a stakeholder is really busy. Hey, here's what's going on. Here's what I need from you. Don't miss this part. And just like being able to format that email to make sure you get what you need and while also conveying important information. The one other thing that I wanted to mention though, that I don't necessarily would think would be on every job description, but probably not, is just being proactive and Mm. taking initiative for yourself, going a step further, reading a little bit Mm -hmm. more, doing some research, subscribing to a blog that you think is relevant to your industry, trying to dig again. And this kind of goes maybe to what I mentioned at the top, trying to continue to learn, but digging a little further to uncover a new piece of data that sheds some light, like just being proactive and pushing forward and trying to gain as much as you can from every new data set or every new blog article or whatever it might be, every <laughs> new algorithm update from Google, like cause yeah. things are just changing all the time. Wow. That mm-hmm. I didn't even think of that before, Blake, but that one's so huge because now <laughs> it, it goes from the realm of just words and like Oh, I like SEO and I'm an SEO and it's cool. SEO is cool, bro. But going from that to like the actions of, oh, like you're staying up late to read the docs on the latest algo update or you're reading the blogs of the people and what, yeah, it's, that's part of that obsession piece or that passion that, yeah, curiosity. I feel like we can do like a whole episode on communication by itself because everything that Blake said is right on. But like for me, the biggest thing I tend to think about is how do you take these big, hairy marketing concepts and put them in bite-sized chunks depending on the audience that you're speaking to? So if you are speaking to a decision maker or a stakeholder that has 100 things on their plate and they need to hear, here's what happened, here's why it's important, and here's the next steps and being able to like bite-sized chunk that as much as quick as you can and as impactful as you can, that's important. Being able to speak to a specialist like Blake and being able to get into the weeds and perhaps like problem solve, like that's also important. So it's truly knowing your audience from a communication standpoint and how to deliver some of these big hairy concepts in the way that they need to be delivered is so important. Mind equals blown. Well, because I'm thinking, right, (laughs) what we're basically saying is we're saying like communication and it's like verbal communication. Can you do that? And I always think, can you do that one-to-one? Can you do that one-to-many? Written communication you know, mm-hmm. same thing. Can you email? Can you write a report? Can, do you know how to not yeah. bury the lead? Do you know how to format properly? Like all those things. AI communication recently, like that's a big one. Like how do you communicate to the AI? Like how do you write prompts? That's a huge one, like moving forward. Well, that goes into the foundational because right. It's like the technical stuff all like sort of sits at the top of the pyramid. Mm-hmm. But if you build a base of 
strong communication skills and meta skills. If you're good at learning new things, so learning how to learn, learning how to communicate, written verbal, learning how to think, I believe is one. Because Ray, this is your point. Can you think conceptually? Can you think in terms of detail? And can you express ideas at both levels of thinking? It's like, can you do that? But then there's almost like a middle, like Blake, you hinted at the code thing. So now you, cause you could stack code with any technical. It's like, oh, now you're an email coder and AI is going to be in that bucket too. Now you're an AI PPC and then other soft skills, like for paid, I always think about, but it's good for any, it's good for email. It's good for social, like psychology and behavior and like studying influence and studying how to write copy. Those are all good ones too. But I think ultimately it's like we can put people through rigorous training to build the hard skills, but soft skills can be a little bit more challenging at times to to train. So maybe there's some extra value points you'd want to assign there. I feel like you can train those hard skills so much faster than you can the soft skills. Not saying that you can't learn the soft skills because you can, but in the way that you teach those hard skills, they typically progress much, much faster in my experience as in comparison to the softer skills, like you can't just teach somebody how to communicate better. It's mainly through experience where a lot of the harder skills can be like, go listen to this podcast or go try this. It's a lot of self-development versus like reps and experience from communication. Like between the three of us, we've been on hundreds, if not thousands of calls and have those reps in. So that's, I think one of the main differentiators between the hard and soft skills. Yeah. So I guess to bring it all home, I want each of us think about our experience in recruiting, hiring, promoting, firing, coaching, collaborating, whatever, right? With the people that we've met and worked with over our careers. I think we'd all agree there are certain marketers that stand out in your minds. And I bet we'd probably all have names that we'd say, and most of them would overlap from the experiences that we've shared. What gives a marketer that killer instinct? This will be our wrap up question. What does that killer instinct consist of? I'll go back to my brevity point, being able to take like the what, so what, now what approach for like big, hairy topics and being able to deliver that in a concise way for me is so important because if you can take these big subjects and deliver them in a punch like size format, there's a lot of value in that because you're not only speaking to day to day contacts, you could be speaking to a CMO at a company or the president. You can like, exactly like deliver why things are so important either in your own discipline or others and that really takes things to the next level in my experience so being able to communicate with everybody but being able to communicate in bite-sized chunks in my experience is key so integrity communicating bite-sized chunks that's ray's x factor blake it's tough for me to one-up that. I feel like In it's... your face, Blake. Yeah, right. <laughs> what, so what, now what? I feel like that's kind of where my head was leaning, to be honest. I just, like, just never really settling for surface-level data. I think, at least in, in SEO, like that's really how you level up as an SEO professional, is you always want to dig a little bit deeper. You can see the data, and it can be there. It's like, okay, well, why is this happening? And when you apply that to your own data and you start to go, oh, I can do this for competitors. I can understand why they're ranking so well or why XYZ brand is driving so much traffic and go, okay, well, Mm -hmm. wait, 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 let's really drill this down. Let's uncover, let's flip over all these rocks 
uncover a bunch of insights and sort of re-engineer this for ourselves and start to win in places where they're winning. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the killer instinct. And it's so abstract, but it's like, okay, well, I learned this principle that what, so what, now what, now it's like, okay, where else can I apply that? And how can I yeah. continue to level up and to continue to grow? I feel like the killer instinct is maybe the softest hard skill, if that makes sense, because it's buried deep beneath everything else. But like when you start to realize how all the dots connect and how you can leverage each piece to really grow your campaign or whatever it might be. I mean, that's when the killer instinct starts to show and you can drive traffic and drive business and really grow. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) For me, I think I'd, I open with that curiosity. I think my killer instinct would be relentless Yeah. Mm. as well. Just that drive, that hunger, that thirst for knowledge. If you combine the curiosity and the passion for your skill set with the relentless mindset of, I'm going to find a way to use this, I'm going to apply it. I'm going to make connections. I'm going to go deeper. I'm going to find what I don't know. And knowing there's a lot more you don't know than you do know. (laughs) I think that's right. Regardless of where someone is in their career development and their skills development, if they have that trait, they're going to have a pretty good acceleration up the U-shaped marketer, (laughs) T-shaped marketer path. So that's probably a good place to wrap it up. We covered a lot of ground, guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Your support means the world to us and allows us to help more people and grow the community. Please take a minute right now to subscribe and share this wherever you listen to podcasts and sign up for the Profit Squad at joinprofitsquad.com. This will get you insider access, additional tools and swipe files, and help you elevate your marketing game to the next level.